We don't say, would you like to join today on a six-month or a 12-month? Because what I find is when gyms are signing up people on day one of the trial, often it's straight into a membership, and I feel they're missing out on a lot of other opportunity of income. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% savings for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar, at filex.com.au. Club owner Mark Kaplan runs a highly successful club in which more than half of the 800 members also participate in personal training. Here, he talks to the Fitness Industry Podcast's Oliver Kitchingman about the power of good systems combined with good leadership, consistently achieving an 80% prospect to member conversion rate, using paid challenges as a revenue stream and retention tool, and facilitating and rewarding healthy competition among staff. Mark, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks, Ollie. Good to be here. Mark, first off, can you just tell us a little bit about your background? Yep. So I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years. I first started at a fitness first club, which back then was called Healthlands, just straight out of my certificate three, certificate four, which back then wasn't even that. It was like a lessor version of that. And I started my first job at Healthlands at the time was the towel boy and the guy that walked around the gym floor and picked up all the weights and put them back. So that was a really good actual entry for me going in because I was able to watch all the other personal trainers do what they do. And then I remember, you know, maybe a year into that, the owner of the club come up and said, Mark, on a Saturday morning, that someone doesn't turn up to take the boxing class. Can you take the boxing class? And I'm like, I'll take the boxing class. What did the insurers think about that? <laughs> I was just straight in there. And, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. And I just remember I sort of fell in love with the fitness industry then and then started taking more classes. And then at that time I met Andrew Simmons, Vision Personal Training was sort of being born. But this is back in 2001. So I became a – I left there and became a personal trainer for Vision. I did that for five years actually. So that would have been from the age of 20 to 25 and it was a really good period just learning, you know, the craft of, of PT, how to get someone a result, how to keep a long-term client, even if they don't want to get a result. You know, there's lots that fall under the umbrella of retention of PT clients. So that was a really good experience for me from that age. And I think I was in my mid-20s. And I remember one of my clients at the t- time, his name was George, and he said, so you're going to do this PT thing forever? I had a lot of good clients that I was training at the time, good in regards to they owned their own businesses and I had a lot of mentors as my clients. And I said, oh, well, I really enjoy it. Well, what, what, what are you thinking? And he just started talking to me about business and he became a bit of a mentor for me. And 12 months later, I opened up a personal training studio, a Vision franchise, which was the second one, and that was over in Randwick. Okay, I mean, I know there's like there's about 40 or 50 Visions now nationwide, aren't there, I think? So I think there's – I've lost count. <laughs> it's over 50? Yeah. So I was the second one and, you know, back then – so that was 2004 that that opened – and I actually took over an existing gym and rebranded it as a PT studio. And the gym only had around 50 members, me going in. And I'm like, all right, we're going to turn it into a PT studio to these 50 members. That was well received. Not they didn't love me. 
which is a bit of an interesting experience for myself in the first 12 months of business. And I had a very steep learning curve for business. Baptism of fire. Yeah, huge. Because I, I had done personal training for five years, one-on-one personal training in a vision studio. And then, of course, you know, it's a very different kettle of fish when it comes to running a business. So that was a really good learning curve for me. The first 12 months was flat because I just expected it to grow and it didn't. While it was a very good model, I wasn't the business person that I needed to be. So that saw me go on a massive personal development path with lots of different things, marketing, leadership, recruitment, all that type of thing. I, I got a business coach at the time and my second and third and fourth year were much better. We got that, I got that studio to the point where I was doing 700 personal training sessions a week, four to five years in. So that was going great. I was loving life at that point. But there was a big struggle in the first two years. That's normal for any business, I guess. Sure. Okay, so it's two studios. I mean, that's going to come with a certain amount of, obviously, you say you've got all the, the business skills to be learning there and a lot of that's going to be staff management. You must have had a lot mm. of trainers working for you. Yeah, so in like year three, four and five of Studio One, so I was like 28, 29, 30 years old then, I just read lots of books. As I said, I had the business coach, growing myself, developing myself, and I found the more I developed myself that the better things were as far as the result is concerned. And I, I remember getting to year four and I thought to myself, well, I'm going good. I'm going to just do the thing that's natural and that will be open up a next, a next studio. So that was a, a second studio and I opened that in the city. That was interesting <laughs> because we were doing 700 sessions in the first studio and then I went over to the city and spent more of my time there and then what I didn't want to happen happened and the first year went down by 25% as I'm over here in studio two trying to build that business so that was an interesting again another learning curve for me on how to actually get two businesses firing and in fact that was around the same point in time where the idea of me creating my own brand was starting to be you know you know born in my own head Mm. So I got, I think, I only had the second studio for two years. I sold both of them within a six to 12-month period of each other and I exited really well out of vision and then created my own brand, which is now Tribe Social Fitness. Okay, so, I mean, that was, you've got a lot of great experience there than working in the franchise studios. Mm. So how did your, your own vision, as it were, for, for Tribe, how did that differ from the model that you'd been delivering? Yeah, it's a good question. So if I look back, at my 10 years of vision, firstly, the first five years as a trainer, it was excellent to learn the craft of personal training. And then the next five years was learning how to run a business. And we were gifted in, it's a very systemized business, which is very, very good. And when I opened a tribe, I was lucky because I knew how important systems were. So I created a lot of the systems myself and I was lucky to recruit someone who's excellent at system creation. So I knew what it, what it had to be created as far as, you know, induction manuals, trainer manuals, marketing manuals, reception, sales manuals, management manuals as well. So that took time and you just, you just do bit by bit by bit. But I guess being in a franchise business really taught me the importance of systems. So within my first two years of Tribe, the systems were created quite well. I remember talking to Andrew Simmons about this, about how when he created Vision, he mm. because he was so he was so kind of systems orientated that he'd inadvertently kind of created this blueprint for, for franchising because he'd he put so many processes and systems into place that it was basically good to good to go as it were to to kind of roll it out because that was just the way that he was thinking and and it, it happily lent itself to a franchising model. 
yeah, he's a very system process driven guy and that's when you can scale. Mm-hmm. So, you know, without the systems, without the processes, it's, it is, it's impossible to scale. So systems combined with good leadership, which Vision obviously has got plenty of good franchise owners, mm-hmm. I understand. I'm, I've not been involved in Vision for 10 years now, so I'm a little bit out of touch with it. But you put a good system with a good leader and it's going to be a very effective, a good, you know, a good successful business, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, so Tribe mm-hmm. is a, it's a PT training studio model, obviously, you have members that you convert to to being PT PT clients. Yep. And what what kind of rate is that? Well, it's interesting. Our model, you know, the the word boutique model gets thrown around a little bit. So if I was to sort of describe our business, it's not a studio, it's not a large box gym, it's not a CrossFit studio at all either. It's it's a middle size, six hundred and fifty square meter location with three levels of offering if you like so like there's the membership with the group exercise which most other gyms have then there's a middle layer of small group training and then at the top we have the one-on-one personal training so for ease of explanation not that i like sort of you know comparing ourselves to other brands it's like fitness first with an f45 in it and a very well-run vision personal training studio all under the one roof <laughs> and i love that because when i was going along with vision you know for me, and only for me, I didn't. I just got to the point where I felt like maybe two or three locations was not the best answer for me, and I would prefer to have the profit of three under one roof. So that's the, again, that's how Tribe is created. It's a little bit bigger than the studio that I was used to, so it's probably double the size. And you know, at the moment we now have eight hundred and fifty members, and of the eight hundred and fifty members. 200 are doing middle level service, level two, which is a small group training. But the big thing is we have 400 people doing one-on-one personal training. So there's a solid 600 of our members fully engaged out of the 850. When I say fully engaged, I'm talking 200 doing small group and 400 doing one-on-one PT. If you have a gym and it has 850 members and they're all just doing membership where they come in, swipe the key tag, do a class, like a class with 30 people, I feel for me that's not a very concrete business because they're not getting led weekly by a human which is what with our business i love it because 600 of our 850 members 600 of them are seeing a personal trainer on a weekly basis or they're in a small group training where there's only six other people yeah i mean that's pretty high conversion rates i mean a lot of a lot of gyms in australia don't necessarily have problems acquiring members they may have problems keeping members but they they certainly have problems or a challenge in converting them into pt clients mm-hmm. So that's kind of where they fall down. Why? Why is that? I mean, that's obviously a hurdle that you guys have have surmounted. Why is it that they actually struggle to build personal training? I feel that like a lot of maybe gym owners or business owners out there don't understand that it's possible for starters. So I, I came from a studio that was doing seven hundred personal training sessions a week. That was my first experience as a business owner. In the fitness industry, I just thought that was normal. So I carried that into it. In fact, I remember when I first opened Tribe twelve months prior to doing so. I spoke with Steve Jensen, the guru, and I said, Steve, do you reckon my, my model is to get 850 members to 900 members for our business? Do you reckon I can get that? And he just laughed at me and he said, that will be easy. And he said, what's the model? And I said, well, I want to get 850 members and I want to get half of them doing personal training. And he said, well, the hard part will get, be getting 400 people doing personal training. And because I had a strong belief in people need one-on-one personal training, that was not the hard part for me. So I just think it comes back to belief, really. Why is it that some gyms do really good with their personal training? Maybe the belief isn't there. Obviously, we have a system of how we do it. So for us, how is it that we actually practically get our 
our members into personal training. So it's our three-week trial. So that's the tool that we use to actually ensure that we get really good conversions. So that's what, that's three sessions? So it's actually a three-week trial. They get five personal training sessions in this. It's a paid trial, so we're not giving it for free, which is really important. I'm not a believer in the free trial, and I think for obvious reasons. You get people coming in, possibly wasting your time, never really committed to changing the health and fitness. So they, just, they just gym hop. So our people come in. So let's say Sally rings up and she says, Hi, my friend comes down to Tribe. I really want to come down and learn more about what you guys do. What's the next steps? We say, sure, come down. We call it, you know, behind uh, in our own in our own conversation, a belly-to-belly chat, so a tour. Get them down for 30 minutes and we, we sit them down for the first 10 minutes and build a bit of rapport and trust, chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat. Then we'll spend another 10 minutes asking about them, what are your goals, why, when, where, all that sort of stuff. And then we will show them around Tribe. And after that 30-minute tour... We then present the three-week trial. We don't say, would you like to join today on a six-month or a 12-month? Because what I find is when gyms are signing up people on day one of the trial, often it's straight into a membership, and I feel they're missing out on a lot of other opportunity of income. So we give them the Ferrari at the Commodore price in the three-week trial. We give them the five PT sessions. We give them two small group personal training sessions. We give them access to all of our circuit classes and our spin classes, and they pay 25% of the value of that. So they pay $135 for their three-week trial. So it's great. We've got a commitment from them financially. The $135 covers myself for the business in regards to the wages that I incur for the five PT sessions to be facilitated. But just what happens is magic, you know, because I, I find, you know, that people might ring up Tribe and say, oh, I'm on, a, I'm on one of your competitors' websites and they've got spin and you've got spin. I go, yeah, yeah, we've got spin. Right, so, and they've got PT and you've got PT and like, yeah, and we do, that's true and they've got a sort of an area where you can do your own workout and so do you and the point I'm making is it's sort of hard these days to differentiate yourself really well on a website just due to the sheer nature of the competition in the industry. 15 years ago it was easy. 10 years ago it was pretty easy. Now it's just a lot harder so we're just an experiential brand. We get them in, we give them three weeks so on day one when we do the tour they're looking around, they're liking what they see, we're like how do you feel about the three week trial? Yeah this this looks good, I'm excited with a little bit of reluctance in their voice and then we call them on day seven so by day seven they've done two PT sessions and they've done two classes and then you can feel the actual I guess conviction coming through from then how are you going oh love my two PT sessions love the classes I understand now what my friend means about tribe it's such a uh, welcoming warm place and it's funny everyone seems to know my name you know and then we call them on day 21 so remembering week one week two week three they're getting their hand held by a personal trainer for five PT sessions mm-hmm. two sessions in week one two sessions in week two final session in week three and while this is happening our manager is working closely with the personal trainers facilitating the sessions and making sure that the conversion for membership and all personal training is going on nicely. So basically at the end of the three weeks, the trainer presents the call it price presentation, if you like, on a membership, six or twelve month, and the upsell of personal training. So what we're finding is since we've brought this three-week trial in, 80%, so 80% of inquiries are converted into a trial, right? Into a paid trial, mm-hmm. which is good. So we'll get 50 inquiries a month, we'll get four trials a month. It's good. It's good. We, I'm pushing them to 90%, but it's good. So is that 80% of people that come into the club or 80% of, of all? Of all inquiries. Oh, wow. So website, okay. whatever it might be. Yeah. So we will generally get 50 inquiries per month. Mm-hmm. We will get 40 paid trials. 
and then we get 32 members at the end of that. So that's like an 80%, 80% conversion rate from... Members, and sorry, members at what level are they after they've done... Good question. So 80% of the trials, so joining to membership, which is our bottom level. Yep. 34.95 a week membership, access to large classes and gym access, right? And then of the 80%, 50%, this is where our 50% of PT comes in, 50% of them are converting into one-on-one personal training ongoing, which I like that because it's like... You know, across our 850 members, the average monthly spend is $300. So it's $75 a week as an average spend across 850, which means our $34.95 a week membership, obviously there's a lot of other people in our business doing either small group training or one-on-one personal training. Because if they're not going to do it, if I look at some other models in the industry, just selling membership at 30 bucks a week or whatever it is and not offering small group personal training or one-on-one personal training, or if they are offering, I feel like they could probably do it better. They're just leaving money on the table and missing out on possible income. Mm. So it sounds like, obviously, your approach is PT is the core yeah. rather than the add-on, and that where a lot of a lot of clubs, although they may have PT as an offering, it's it's seen more as an add-on after the, the core of it is, mm. is the membership. Yeah, we... Yeah. For us, personal training, the belief, and it's, it's just in the fabric, the DNA of what we do, it's if someone sort of comes into Tribe and jumps onto a membership and then does not do personal training, we're like, really? You don't want to do personal training? Like, and that's the belief that I instill into our manager and then further down into our team. Yeah, it's definitely like you have a shower, you soap, right? Yeah, well, you, you know, the two go together. It's like membership and personal training, please. So we just have a very strong belief in personal training, but it all sounds good. I'm sitting here talking about this three-week trial. We call it the funnel, but it's absolutely useless if you don't have the right team, you know, and that's what we focus heavily on because I've had, tri- I've had trainers facilitate the trial who are a four out of ten trainer and everything I'm talking about right now, the stats are a lot less than that because the trainer was not up to where we needed the trainer to be. So it only works if you have a strong team. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't have the kind of figures that you're throwing around there without having a really strong team. So mm. can you tell us about some of the key strategies of, of mm. the business model? So it's recruitment and it's in, in it's interviewing and it's induction. So that's that's key for me. So nowadays, like, we have 14 trainers at Tribe. We have a, a PT manager. We have someone in marketing. So my main role is recruitment and interviewing, recruitment and interviewing, because if I don't spend a lot of time on that, that's when I'll, I'll get average people in you know so I I remember 18 months ago I employed two trainers at the same time let's call them Bob and Sally and that was 18 months ago and then two months after that our manager Tom come up to me and he said can I have a sec and I said yeah sure Um, what's up and he goes can I just talk to you about your latest two recruits recruits and I said yeah yeah sure and I thought so I thought of I knew what he was going to say and he said yeah I think they're really shit and I'm like, ah, right, okay. I said, Tom, the thing you don't understand is, and I got a bit defensive, a little bit on my high horse, and which was totally wrong. I said, we've got these trial, these inquiries coming in, 50 inquiries a month, 40, 40 trials a month. We need to have trainers to facilitate them. He said, oh, okay. He said, I went to a restaurant last night and I sat down with my girlfriend and the waiter come up and the waiter said, we have two things on our menu tonight. You can have a piece of shit or you can have nothing. And I looked at Tom and I said... I sort of think I know where you're going with this, but can you just explain it to me anyway? He said, yeah, you're currently offering our members shit. You're better off saying to our members, sorry, we're not taking on any trials right now. We do have a waiting list, and when we have 
trainers who are up to our standards, we will reopen the funnel of the trial and we'll go from there. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's right. So for me, recruitment's critical. It's, 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 and it, so I spend lots of time in recruitment. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing. To, it's a tough thing to ever turn away paying customers, right? So mm. you, 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 and you're thinking, well, you know, maybe they, these guys are okay. Maybe they, they're going to get better. That You know, the longer they're here, they're going to fully become part of our tribe. But mm, maybe that's not always possible. It's from experience, and this is only from experience, it's more, yes, it's painful turning away paying customers, but it's more painful seeing an average trainer stuff it up basically and when i say average trainer there's two types isn't there there's average trainers who come in but their attitude is amazing and they just don't have it yet so i'll always spend more time with that person reinvest grow them and after 12 months they are so much better and that's worthwhile happy to see that person have 30 percent conversions if their attitude is good but then you've got the other person the other type of person who their conversions are low and their attitude stinks and that's where I need to be careful from a recruitment perspective that I don't do that and don't bring them people into my team. But I've been doing this for 15 years now and I still make mistakes of recruitment. But I just try and limit them as much as I can. Mm. Sorry, recruitment's the first step, obviously, with the strong team. You talked yep. a, bit, a little bit about there about professional development. What would that usually entail? Do you have a an ongoing and measurable kind of process that you have in, in place for professional development for your team? Yeah, so we have our performance reviews firstly. So they're annual. Every January, our trainers sit down with myself and our manager and they have their annual performance review, which, by the way, the previous every month for the previous 12 months we go through the performance review so there's continual checks on it this is where you're at Mm -hmm. and there's four main criteria so there's where is their personal training retention so the retention of their PT clients where are their hours so how many hours are they actually doing billable hours of personal training we talk about member goals Mm -hmm. and what's the fourth one oh registration with Fitness Australia you like that one that's a good one (laughs) we just make sure we just make that a KPI so these four KPIs, the trainers are always working hard. You've got to have a performance. You have to have goalposts for your trainers. And the big one of those four, though, is the retention. So if a trainer is in September and their retention is at 93%, that means they've, got, they've still got 93% of the clients that they had in January. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have really good PT retention with most of our trainers across the board, but sometimes you have a trainer that slips down to 64%. It's like, oh, geez, what's happening there? And that helps us identify who needs help and support and opportunities for more growth and learning, and we just do that. It just helps us understand where we need to shine a light for, for development. I was going to ask about member retention. So what's the average kind of lifespan of a, of a member? So three and a half years for us, which, like, I'm super proud of that. So it's funny, it wasn't always that, right? In our first three years, we were losing 70 members per month. That's a bit embarrassing to say. Now we lose 22 to 29 would be a high month for us. So in the last 12 months, we've not lost more than 29 members in a month. This is members across the board at all three levels. Correct. This is, I'm talking out of our 850 members. So if you're losing, that's where my 50 inquiries, 40 trials, 32 converted members comes from because I, our mo- our business model is 850 members at capacity. Okay, so that that's model where we're just at. replaces the attrition. It grows it by about 5 to 7% per okay. year, which is yeah. nice because we get to the end of the year and we have 900 members not 850. I don't want 900. So every 12 months what we do is just put our prices up and we just strengthen the herd whereby we will have 20 to 40 to 50 people drop off, but that's okay. So all of our our funnel and our queries to membership and all that sort of stuff is just designed around growing at 5% per year of the membership, increasing the prices slightly annually, which is great because the more the more you can get for your membership, obviously the more profitable your business is. Amazing. 
So, with regards to keeping your your staff happy, I mean, you've 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 recruited the the, the great people. Yeah, you've professionally developed them, or you're, there's an ongoing process. And what other tactics do you have to keep them? I mean, because obviously, mm, recruitment and, and and keeping good staff is is it can be more of an issue than keeping your members. What else do you, is there a rewards Reward. process? Or? Yeah, there is. There's two things. One is we have a team development program, which is weekly, every Thursday for one hour. There's some form of team development. So actually, I just lied. Sorry. That is fortnightly. We do an educational based approach and then on the off fortnight we exercise together as a team so i find the more team activity we do with exercise and social that's a very good recruit uh, retention tool obviously the off fortnight where we're doing an educational piece that's a very good development tool to help with staff retention we have this other it's a short-term incentive scheme it's called t-force We've only been doing it for the last two years and it's proven to be super effective. It's it's every quarter. Mm-hmm. So every single trainer, so we have 14 trainers, every trainer for the quarter can earn points on a weekly basis. And there's six ways you can earn points. And at the end of the quarter, the trainer with the highest points gets $1,500. The trainer who comes second gets $750. Third place is $500. Fourth place is $250. And that's I like that because their performance reviews are annual. Every 12 months, it's a longish yep. period to it wait. Is. But three months just goes like that. And I love the whole concept of 80% of your results come from 20% of your team. And it's so true. So the reason I really put this T-Force thing together is I want to re- reward my top 20% people. And it's no surprise that <laughs> the people who are coming first, second, third and fourth in T-Force, I knew who they were going to be. Yeah, but now the they're getting money. Sorry? It's the same, same people every quarter. Every now and then we have someone jumps up, but it's yeah. not long. It's not sustainable for that person generally. Well, it promotes uh, some healthy competition. Right? I love it. That's really, really good. And the person, so that's paid quarterly. Then at the end of the 12 months, the person who has the most points cumulative goes on a seven-day holiday. We, we do Bali retreats with our tribe. Nice. Where do you go, Bali? Commune. I've been there. How good is Commune? <laughs> I love that place. I love. I absolutely love it. So I send a trainer and a plus one for the trainer for seven nights, everything paid for, breakfast, lunch, dinner, accommodation, the whole bit. So that's like the pinnacle reward. That's pretty cool. Those top four trainers, they really fight hard over that. But the, the way we actually, the, the way they can accrue points is one of my favourite ways. This is where I was pretty happy with myself when I created this is we always had problems with our social media content, you know, Instagram and Facebook. I have a person in marketing and she's excellent. But she's super busy and can't always come up with really good content. So we'd say to the trainers, oh, guys, can you come up with some content for our social media? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll try. And and I love our trainers, so I'm not, no, no fault of their own, but it just wasn't at the forefront of their mind. But now a way you can accrue points is that for every post that you do that gets 50 likes, you get points for T-Force. Excellent. And the fire was lit. That's brilliant. Wow. Yeah. So you're getting a lot of a lot of social and attraction. Mm, well, we did. We average around 10 posts per week on our Instagram and our Facebook, which lap over, same similar posts, but 10 with quality content coming from the trainers who are on the floor six days a week. It's really good. They're all generally member stories or stories about someone else, each other, trainers, but they're real, they're authentic, they're, they're great photos, and the trainers put, they're getting really good at them now as well. It's, it's great. So are they being posted from the Tribe official Instagram account or by the individual trainers' accounts? Good question. So there's actually three platforms. There's the public Facebook, the public Instagram, which get posted from the Tribe platforms, and then we have a closed group which we call our tribe. So we have 800 of our members on the closed group and the trainers post from their personal platform into that group. 
which is which is it's fantastic. I like it gives them a bit of a, a fair bit of ownership over it and creativity. I, I love it. It's just such a good thing that we do. Mm. Mm. That's great. Good tactics. Mm. Okay, Mark, we're, we're talking about we're talking about the model that you guys are using. Tribe's been sorry. How many years now? Tribe's been seven and a half. Seven and a half years. Yeah. How do you see the industry sort of developing? It's oh, a good question. When you say developing, what what do you mean? Like, so your model is this kind of this. It as you you've described it already as a, a mixture between like a fitness first, a vision, yeah, and it, you know it's a bit of a bit of everything. Mm. Looking at the way personal training is mm. going, where where do you kind of see it going in, in in the next few years? I think any club that has a very big focus on their members, no matter what the model, no matter if it's a one-dimensional group exercise studio, if it's a one-on-one personal training studio or if it's a multi-service offering like Tribe, if you have a strong focus on customer service and a strong focus on your team, it's hard to not be successful. I definitely feel one on Someone said to me four years ago, one-on-one personal training is dying. Not true. People need accountability, they need hugs, they need support, they need a kick in the backside. One-on-one personal training I think will be very strong in five years. I think small group training will be strong in five years. And I think circuit-based training with around 30 people in a class will be still strong in five years. I'm I'm still amazed that spin is one of our most popular classes because personally I find spin a bit boring, but people love it. So I don't, I don't look at any part of the industry right now and think to myself that part is going to be out in five years. But... What I'm massive on is just focus on the customers, focus on your team, and if you do those things really well, no matter what your model is, I think you'll continue to have success. Good advice. We started talking about your beginnings in the uh, the industry and you were franchising. Mm. So Tribe, is that scalable? <laughs> it's a good question. So I've had this conversation with myself about 652 times. <laughs> and right, it's funny, you know, every single time I say to myself, I'm going to open up a separate tribe. So it could be replicated. The systems are tight. It sounds like it's a, a multi-offering, a multi-service layered business and it might come across as complicated, but it's not. It's very simple. We have membership, small group training, one-on-one, simple. But to be quite honest with you, right now I, I do not want to franchise. I do not want to do a studio, a, a tribe number two. And Would that be partly based on your experience with maybe your uh, second franchise when you... No, because I believe I can be very successful mm. In a, in a second studio, in a second club. There's two reasons. One is <laughs> I have every single time I sit down and say to myself, I'm going to open up a second tribe, I get a pen and a piece of paper out and I write on top of it, improve my current profit of my current business by 10% in the next 12 months. That's the heading. And then I write down ideas of how to do that. And then every time I've done that, I've achieved that. So it's funny, you know, I'm a big believer in, I don't know if many gym operators in Australia, and I might be wrong here, have actually ever fiercely focused on one location, you know, year on year on year, and don't get bored of it. I find this happens. Some studio owners, gym owners, whatever you want to call it, they start going good, 7 out of 10 call it, the business is going good. So their natural progression is, I'm going to open up another gym. And I'm like, oh, possible problem there. So my theory is how about you just continue to focus on the own the four walls that you have, the inside of that, with your team, with your members, come up with more income, profitable strategies and keep doing that year on year on year on year. And that's what I've done. So a reason I don't want to open another one is I've always been able to make more profit year on year. And the other one is I have three children and a wife and they are certain ages where they need their dad around and I love that. So my son is 13 and my two daughters are 11 and 8 
and I know what effort and <laughs> energy it takes to get a fitness business like Tribe off the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, I'm just not willing to do that at the moment, but I would never Fair say enough. never. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, obviously you sound so invested in Tribe that, mm. I mean, there's always the danger that, you know, you open another one, you can't mm. be in two places at mm. once and then, you know, and who needs all the attention? The new kid <laughs> needs all the, all the yeah. attention. So then you, you wouldn't want to be neglecting like your, you know, the, the, this amazing thing that you've built up over the last seven and a half years. Yeah. In my head, I'm, I feel I'm very leveraged from Tribe. So I take two classes and I take, I train two PT clients. Mm. So, and then I'll say to my, to my key people at Tribe, well, how would we go if I opened up a second Tribe and Mark? third person don't like that wasn't here and they're like you need to be here like you're part of tribe mm. people like having you around blah 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 which i don't love hearing that because from a business model every every business owner wants their business to run without them but the reality is the actual reality is yeah it's pretty dependent on me still from a leadership perspective not from a doing but from leadership definitely so that, that's a restriction it's a flat out restriction but you know what I'm really happy with how much money it makes. I'm very happy with my lifestyle. I love helping people and staying connected with all of our members. So for me to be able to talk to our members and know them by name and know where they're at with their program and how far they've come and where they're going, that, that's a value to me. Yeah. So I would hate to go into one of my gyms one day and not know that person or that person or that person or walk up to someone and they tell me they've lost 20 kilos of tribe and I didn't even know that. To me, that's not the currency of success. I like to be involved. So that's a limitation on growth, but... It is and it isn't. Well, also, I mean, as you say, you've got you've found other ways to grow within the business. Correct. So, you know, mm. yeah, it's it's all about priorities, and it's it's mm. you know, it's working amazingly well for you. So, so we 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 now we've got an extra hundred thousand dollars profit coming into our business just from the events we do. So we go to, we go to Bali. We do two challenges per year, which we've totally turned on the head, and I'm really proud of that. The way we do our challenges compared to the way we used to do them, chalk and cheese. We have a tribe run school. How do you mean your challenges? This has piqued my interest now. So the way we used to do our challenges is, so this was for the first, it took first six years of our business, we did them like this. It took me six years to figure this out. And this is challenges for members. Correct. So we used to say there were 850 members. Who wants to do a four-week challenge? And we would get 300 to 350 people doing a challenge. So this is for existing members? It's not a, not a tool existing. for getting um, prospects in? Existing. No. Right. Okay. Yeah, existing members. Four-week challenge. And we, the way, this, is how we used to, <laughs> this is how we used to service our members. I'm laughing because I'm embarrassed. In our first in our four-week challenge, we'd get them in a room and we would say, okay, guys, we're going to do your body weight and girth measurements right now. So there's seven trainers out there waiting for you just in different parts of the gym, which is super unprofessional. Getting a waist measurement on someone that's carrying 20 kilos isn't very, you know, private so that we would have measurements on that night we would give them a, a pretty generic nutrition plan and we would do their exercise plan with 300 people in the one room at the same time while I, I led them through it you need to do weight training you need to do some circuit classes throw in a spin class not amazing guess what percentage people completed our four-week challenges for the first six years I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet a very high figure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say maybe ten percent. Thirty percent. Embarrassing, right? <laughs> so then, I was speaking to a member late 2017, and I said to her, "These challenges, they're embarrassing. We need to try and." And I was talking to her about the Australian Idol, the music. Remember the music show Australian Idol with Shannon, Noel, and Guy Sebastian were born. I know how hard it can get. <laughs> exactly. And their season one of Australian Idol, season two, season three, super successful, went off the charts. Everyone in Australia was talking about it. Then I just found in season season four, five, and six, Australian Idol sort of started to lose its touch. 
But then this new show, same thing, but they changed one thing and it, the voice came along and all they did was turn the chairs around of the judges. I love that. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same freaking concept. And then all they've done is turn the chairs around 180 degrees and bang, it went off again. So I said to this member, I need to turn the chairs around on our challenges. She comes back to me a week later and she goes, I've got it. I said, talk to me. She said, teams. And I said, oh, no, what, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you get 300 people in your challenge, call it 320. You get eight teams, you have 40 people per team, and you pick two trainers per team to lead each team. So that's what we did. Last October 2018, we had we actually had 426 people join the challenge. And we had Sorry, and this is this is a this is something they're they're paying extra for. An additional yes. on top of their membership, yep. on top of their PT, on yep. top of their small groups. So they pay. So this is a good income stream for the business as well. But the the beauty of it is the connection that comes, which I'll get to. So we had eight teams. We had sixteen trainers because of our fourteen trainers. I took a team and so did our manager Tom. So we had sixteen trainers. Fantastic. Two trainers per team. The two trainers, all they had to do was lead their group of forty people. Some groups had more than that through a four week challenge. Now the beauty of this was, so for me, myself and Amy, we were the trainers or the leaders of our team. We had our 40, we actually had 50 people in our team. We get them together two weeks before this four-week challenge come, comes about. We get them in a room. Right, guys, because there's a te- there's a winning team, right? And I'm like, all these other teams think you guys are shit. You know, we're going to win this thing. And we comp- we start with this competition and rivalry. And then they're all like, and I'm, I'm, I'm st- setting everyone a goal with them and for them with their input. And how are, we, how are you measuring the progress? We have an in-body scan. I love it. Best thing we have, well, one of the best things we've ever invested in. We've got the top model. It's really, really good. So it's accurate and it's consistent. More so, very consistent, I should say. So I've said to everyone in our team, okay, here's your starting point, day one. Together, you and I, one-on-one, over the next week before this thing starts, we're going to set a goal for you, okay? A week two goal, so a day 14 goal, and an end of week, end of, end of the month goal. And for our team, we said we're going to display your halfway scan, goal, result on a poster for all our team to see. So you're going to know you're going to get a green sticker or a red sticker. So this is a little bit intense. You might think I'm a bit of a psycho here. But they had buy-in and they're like, yep, we need the accountability. I want, if I get a, if I need, I need, I need some pressure on me to perform and blah, blah, blah. So we had this poster and at the halfway mark, we put red or green sticker next to everyone's name. We had majority green stickers and we're asking people why. And they're like, well, you know what? In your last challenges, happy to let myself down. There was no team element. But this challenge, not only do I want to beat the other teams, but I've got 45 other people in my team here who are going to see if I get a green or a red sticker and I'm not happy to let them down. Bang. So connection, camaraderie, support. I mean, that seems absolutely bang on your kind of the, the culture of tribe right mm. it's a tribal thing it's tribe social fitness like we named ourselves pretty well eight years ago not ever really living it back then and we've really sort of grown into the the, the, the name if you like and i just love that so what happened we were, we had a closed group for the challenge and this really speaks of what tribe is all about and members are on you know, I would post something, how's everyone going today? And then everyone would comment, I'm going great, I'm going great, I'm going great, oh, I'm struggling. And then someone would write, oh, that's okay, what are you struggling? Let's go for a walk tonight, you know, and they would all just support and encourage and help each other. I'm a massive believer that the health and fitness journey going alone is hard and it's <coughs> tough and it's arduous. So, but doing it with, you know, mates and friends, that's everything about tribe social fitness is just bringing people together for the long-term benefit of their health and fitness journey. 
guess what we did in our February challenge is gone. We, we went one better just very quickly. So the last one was successful, eight teams, two trainers as the leaders per team. Yeah. And we're thinking we need to just increase it by 10%. What can we do? So at Tribe, we've been going for seven and a half years. We've actually got a lot of strong leaders within the Tribe, within the membership people. Yeah. Mm. So we tapped a few people on the shoulder and we said, would you can, so we, we had the captains and coaches leadership team. So we had one coach per team who was a personal trainer at Tribe and we had two captains who are leaders who are members, humans of Tribe. And we, they were like, yes, 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 yes. So I was a coach of a team and I asked Lauren and Ash to be my captains. And these two, you know, the captains that we chose weren't the most lean or strongest or whatever, but they were leaders and they were inspirational and supportive and they are encouraging and they get the DNA of what Tribe's all about. And that was a beautiful thing because, you know, I'm in week two of the challenge asking everyone in my team, how's your food, how's your food? And they're like, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. I'm going, excellent. I speak to Lauren, who's a captain the next day. I go, Lauren, everyone in our team's eating really well. And the first two weeks were going great. And she said, well, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, they all ate half a block of chocolate on Sunday night. I'm like, no, they're not. They didn't tell me that. And then she's like, yeah, they told me that. And I'm like, and then you dig into that. And it's like they're more comfortable to tell their peer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was the, that was the success of the last challenge is we brought people to our members' level mm. and – it's phenomenal. Like that's why we used to get 70 cancellations a month. Now we get 22 to 29. It's a lot of it's because of – and the longevity. Like we've got a massive longevity of membership. It's over three years. It's like it almost sounds like bullshit. But it's, it's – yeah, it's going really well. It's amazing. I bet they absolutely loved it as well, being kind of woven into the DNA of the club like that, giving being giving them this kind of honorary captain position. Yeah. and they felt exactly right. They felt elevated. They felt – they, it's funny, like they want to contribute, you know, and some of our captains, so we had 16 captains across the eight teams, some of them are going through a rough, peri- a rough period in their own life and it sort of takes the distraction away from them. So there's lots of value for the captains and the two winning captains come to Bali with us on our next retreat, which is in June. So there was a pretty solid incentive for the winning team that, was, that the captains were driving. Amazing. Well, it's been like a it sounds like a really interesting journey that you guys have had. It sounds like mm. an awesome model that you've got going for you there. So, you know, congratulations on that. Thank you. And all the best for the future. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast today. If anyone wants to find out anything more about you, where's the best place to look? Probably just jump on our website, tribesocialfitness.com, and you can put through like an inquiry on that, and I'm happy to have a chat with anyone. And, to, and also to check out the, uh, the Instagram, of course. In, yeah, of course, definitely. All of our social media, Instagram, Tribe Social Fitness and Facebook. Excellent. Thanks again for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. My pleasure. To grow the success of your fitness business, learn from the industry experts in Network's online business skills courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points. Go to the Network website, select the Courses tab and click on Business. Network members save up to 30% on courses, so head to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Phylex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar at filex.com.au.